Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I'm going to invite Anthony up to the stage now to bring the message to us this morning. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody watching and joining in with us wherever you are in the church that meets in your house. It's fantastic to be able to be able to connect with you and to believe that we're also, wherever you are, able to connect with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, with God. Uh, quite an astonishing thing to think that God wants to meet and be with us. But the fact is, God doesn't give us anything apart from himself. What I mean from that is, when, if God's going to give you some of the things that were in this series, we've been looking at love. He doesn't just give you love. God is love. So he gives you himself. You're not going to know love without God. Joy. God doesn't just give you joy. He puts his joy inside of you because he comes to live in us. He comes to live with us. And, you know, Jesus was the the most joyful person. He was anointed, the Bible says, with joy more than anybody else. And today we're going to see as we look at peace that God doesn't, God won't, God even can't give you peace apart from giving you himself. It's when you, the more Jesus you have, the more of God you have, the more of his spirit that you have, the more peace that you're going to have because it's just part of the package. It's, this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, something that grows inside of us if we have, if we have that peace. I remember when I was uh, growing up, it was, it's, it's funny how you can look back and you can realize that there's phrases that have been said that have hooked into you and given, given something like of a legacy that's like a seed, but then when it gets awakened, you, you look back and you go, wow, that was really powerful and it got me and I wonder why. And then you find out later that it was in the Bible. But I just have this picture. I remember my mum, I think maybe she was ironing and she's got loads of stuff going on in the house and she's working really hard for us all. And then she would say this phrase, there's no peace for the wicked. There's no rest for the wicked. And, it's, and she wasn't saying she was wicked. She was just, it's just this phrase that people say. But I always remember those words grabbed me in, in, in some way. There's no rest, no peace for the wicked. And it was only later that I discovered it's actually in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 22 says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Well, again, what does that mean? It means that there's a way to live that's... If you live that way, you're never going to have peace. And there's a way to live. If you live that way, you're going to have peace. And we're in this series all about, in in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, as Matt just read to us, the fruit of the Spirit. There's some things that when you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, he wants to grow and he will grow in our lives, no matter what is going on. I remember hearing years ago there was this competition art competition where people were asked to paint a picture of peace and there were all kinds of um, pictures that people painted many of them would just be of of like a, a calm and placid sea everything just wonderful and and you know one of those seas where there's just no horizon really it just blends beautifully into the sky and you know just a peaceful beautiful day and that's what peace was for many people I don't know what you think of when you think of peace but apparently the, the picture, the, the painting that won wasn't that. It was like this violent storm. And in the middle of the storm, there was this tree that's bending under the weight of just the hammering that this tree is getting from the, the elements around it. And then 
If you look really closely, you could see in that tree, in the branch of a tree, was a nest, and in the branch of the, the and in the nest there was a, a bird sitting there with the with the, the the chicks underneath it, with the you know with its offspring underneath it, and it's like in the middle of all of that storm, in the middle of all of that turmoil, there's this place under the shelter of the wings, is what the Bible would call it, under God's wings, that that we can find rest, no matter what's going on, because God wants our lives to be fruitful. And no, no matter what's going on, and he wants to give us peace. The Greek word is Irene. If you know anybody called Irene, that's what their name comes from. And, and, and in 95% of the times in the Bible, the word means free from worry. Wouldn't you love to be free from worry? And the rest of the time, it means quiet. So it's like peace and quiet go together. Peace and quiet go together. There's a way to live quietly, no matter what noise there is going on around us. There's a place where we can get to because the environment around us really does influence what's growing in our lives. If you want fruit to grow, you know it needs light. It's not going to grow in darkness. And there's places where you can hope that it's going to grow and it won't grow because it's going to get choked out. It's all about environment. What kind of environment are we living and breathing right now? Stress. Stressful. Mental torment. And stress is the modern day more acceptable word for fear. The Office for National Statistics said that before lockdown, before COVID, one in 10 people suffered from some form of depression here in the UK. And now, under a very recent study, it's doubled. It's now one in five. One in five people. That was actually in June, those figures, before lockdown kind of started to ramp up again in local ways in different places. It says that adults who were young, female, unable to afford an unexpected expense or disabled were the most likely to be affected by that depression. But actually, isn't it just unavoidable? Aren't we just surrounded? Whether you go out or you stay in, we are imbibing fear all the time. Tell me about your stress and I'll tell you what you're afraid of. And when we're afraid, what do we do? We, we want to run. We tend to run somewhere. So what do you run to when you're afraid? What do you run to for release or for relief? I hope you've been with us in this series so far. If not, you can look back at all of these teachings. We've been looking at this passage where Paul talks to the Galatians about the fruit that God wants to grow inside of us. And in our grow groups in the week, we've been looking at the whole book of Galatians and how, how the, the letter, that, so we can understand it even more. But I wanted to look at this today when we're looking at peace and look at the passage just before it because he gives the opposite of all of the fruit and all of the things that God wants to grow with the opposite things that, that are going on, things that are going to stop that fruit from growing in your life and mine. And really it's a warning and it's a study in opposites. It says there's a way to live, as I say, where you can, you can keep in step with the Holy Spirit you, or you can go the opposite way, break step and, and live by the flesh. And he tells us exactly what that looks like. And he says, if you live by the flesh, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. You can't have everything God wants to give you. There's a way to live, to think, to feel, to act 
that will stop peace from growing. And he gives a list, and it's not an exhaustive list, it's just some examples of what it means and what it looks like if you're going to live according to your flesh. And the Greek word for flesh is, is sarx, S-A-R-X. And, and it doesn't just mean your body. It, it, flesh means your, your base instincts, your lower nature, because Paul is using a Greek word because he's writing to Greeks, but Paul was the Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a very Jewish, Jewish person, and, and he would know, as the Jewish people know, they would always go back to their foundational story, to Genesis, when, when people were created in the image of God. Everybody was created in the image of God, and, and has this glory that's, that's part of who we are, and the, the Adam and Eve were, were made to rule over everything for God to, to, to be like his, his, his uh, kings and queens on the earth. Psalm 8 says people were not just made a little bit above animals but just a little bit lower than God. That's literally what it says. And then you read in Genesis about all the, all, God made all of the animals come and, and parade before Adam and Eve, before Adam, and Adam named all of the, all of the, the animals. Just Adam did that. And, then, and, and he started, obviously, with aardvark in the dictionary, and then from then on he carried on and named all of the rest of them. And this was a sign in naming them that he was given dominion over them. Not domination, but he was to rule and steward them well. So for the Hebrew mind, rabbis even today will say it's demeaning. It's the worst thing that you can do to live like an animal, to live below the level of dignity that God has given to you and me, to living at the lowest level. Animalistic behavior is when God has given us so much and wants to give us so much more, it's beneath us to do these things, like to be like pigs just rolling around in the, in the mud. And when I see these actions and attitudes, again, as I, as I look through them often, I can have a problem with somebody else's problem, but excuse my own. But let's invite the Holy Spirit, wherever you are now, right now, we really want the God to meet with us. And when he comes, he never comes to, to condemn us, but he comes to convict us and to invite us and to allow us and help us to, to live higher than that. So Holy Spirit, please come wherever we are now in response to your word, in the faith of people who are receiving it, and say, yes, I, I, want, I want to live at that higher level than, than, than I have been living at the moment. Because Paul says, these things that that he's going to list here, they're obviously not the way that God wants you to live. He says these, these things are obvious and he wants to lift us up and not pull us down so we can be free. You might have heard of the seven deadly sins, but he lists more than seven here, but he puts them in four groups. And I've, I've, I've done that. I, I've put them in four groups, all starting with I, because really the root of all these things is I. I, 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 I. Number one, I, is impurity. And he's talking about this sensual, sexual immorality. The Greek word there is pornea. You can imagine some of the stuff that comes out of pornea that is connected to that. And then he talks about impurity because things like that just end up leaving you feel dirty. Debauchery. It's like just living with your sexual life completely out of control. And idolatry is substituting anything and putting it in God's place. Living and focusing on, on anything other than the real God. And, and that rebellion, the Bible says, goes even further when it turns into witchcraft, which you know, might make us question some of our choices as to what we celebrate in our culture. But actually the word witchcraft really is, is, is a pharmakeia from which we get 
drugs. And the idea is that in those, in, in, in those days, the pagans in their worship would, would get out of control on, on drugs and, 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 uh, and just give themselves over to all kinds of, of passions because of these mind-altering substances in their rituals. And of course, you're going to say, well, that's very far from God because it's obvious. But then what about the, ne- the next I? Infighting in our relational worlds. And he gives eight words that sum up how we treat or mistreat other people how can anybody ever expect to live in peace when you've got even one of these things going on in our lives hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions that's just tearing people apart and envy you can't live like that and at the same time have peace it's just impossible But those toxic attitudes which tear people apart seem to just be on the increase these days. Finalise intoxication when I've I've put these together. And this again can be a place where we go to looking for peace. And he finishes off the list with two words that mean, number one, drinking excessively. Or secondarily, the the Romans just organised these wild parties to, to you know, get away from themselves in some way and celebrating all kinds of gods is what they ended up doing, including Bacchus, who was the, the wine god. And then, and then he says, and such like, because this isn't an exhaustive list. Like I said, this is just some examples of things that are going to hold you back. They're going to stop the fruit from growing. And actually, they will grow fruit of their own over time as well, but not the kind of fruit that we want. Now, if you look at those and you, and you hear yourself or somebody else starting to argue, well, that's not a sin, it's just natural. God would say, yes, it's natural to sin like that. If you live by your flesh and not by your spirit, those are, things are going to be the result of it. These things, he says, are obvious. There's no argument about it. And actually, you don't have to wonder whether if somebody is living like that habitually over time, whether or not they're being led by the spirit. It's obviously they're going in two different directions. And then he says this phrase, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And that, does that mean that you won't be a Christian? No, it's better translated, to be honest. You can't partake of the kingdom of God. He's, he's not saying you're not a Christian. He's saying God can't give you everything that he wants because you're already full. It's like if I've already filled up on jam donuts, then I'm not going to want to eat healthy after that. And the word that he uses for those who do or are practicing those things doesn't just mean people who, who make the odd mistake. We all get stuff wrong. We all get angry perhaps at, at times or, or, or we, can, we can separate ourselves from somebody else. But he's saying this has become your habit. It's the way you live and it becomes the person you are. It's who I'm becoming, not just what I'm doing occasionally. It's I, I, I. It's very me focused. And he makes a massive contrast there because he wants to show, here's all the great stuff, the fruit of the spirit that God wants to grow in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And over here, you know, he wants to give you all of this. That's your inheritance as one of his children. But if you live like an animal, you won't receive it. You'll never get love from lust. You'll never get joy from a bottle. You'll never know peace 
when you're angry and when you're stirring up hatred and discord and holding on or jealous of other people. And there's like this tug of war that's going on all the time. It's, it's sarks versus spirit. It's flesh versus spirit. Sitting Bull said, there are two, bu- two dogs fighting inside of me. Which one will win? The one I feed. So how do we win? We feed the spirit. We walk in the spirit. It says if you do that, you're not going to gratify the flesh. And the word gratify there literally means you won't bring an end to them. You might start being angry, but you're not going to finish with punching somebody in the face. There's going to be something that stops you. The Holy Spirit helps us to say no. But not only does the Holy Spirit help us to say no, he helps us to say yes. Yes to God. Jesus told a parable about weeds growing among wheat. And it's a picture of the world, but also I look at my life and it's a picture of me too. And what's going on in my life? He says, heaven's kingdom is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But at night when everybody was asleep, an enemy came along and planted poisonous weeds among the wheat and ran away. When the wheat sprouted and bore grain, the weeds also appeared. You know, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said that the line of good and evil does not fall between one person and another, but it comes right between everybody's heart and who is willing to do surgery on their own heart. We can't do that surgery on our own heart. We need God to come and do that. The farmer's hands came to him and said, Sir, wasn't that good seed that you sowed in the field? Where did all these weeds come from? Where did all this evil in the world come from? Where does all this wrong stuff in me come from? He answered, this has to be the work of an enemy. They replied, do you want us to go and gather up all the weeds? Do you want us to go and pick through the wheat and the weeds? No, he said, if you pull out the weeds, you might uproot the wheat at the same time. And then he basically says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Paul described in this list a bunch of weeds to the Galatians that are going to choke out what God wants. God wants to grow wheat. He wants to grow so much good stuff in our lives. But the weeds destroy, and it's obvious that they do that. If you're wondering why the field of your life looks such a mess at the moment, be honest. It's obvious. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be pulled up. But how do I pull it up? Well, actually, I can't pull it up. This is why Jesus came. Because he had no weeds. He only had wheat. And then he came and he, 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 he came and he lay down on a cross and was nailed on a cross for your sins and mine, for everything that I've ever done wrong. He came and then he was lifted up so he said that he could draw everybody to himself. And everybody who comes to him finds that we receive his forgiveness, we receive his fresh start, we receive his, his love and his peace. And, and it's all there waiting for us. And, and we die with him, the Bible says. We die to that old life so we can live the new life. We die to the old ways so we can have all of his new ways. That same power then that raised Jesus from the dead goes to work in you and me. And that changes everything. The Bible says that he came and he preached peace to those who were far off and those who were near. Whether you might feel like you're far away at the moment. Maybe this is like the first time you've ever watched anything like this. Or listen to it. Listen, God comes and he speaks peace. He's got peace for you. Jesus said, I've got peace the world can never give to you. you just got to receive it. you just got to be open. you just got to say, that's what I need. And his peace will grow. How do we get those weeds up? It's really tough. These weeds are deep 
rooted inside of us. The longer they've grown, the, the deeper they're embedded. The, the, there's more under the surface than is visible. And if you if ever tried to pull a weed when it's like it's really hard and you're trying to pull at it and, and it might be a habit or something and you try and sort it out yourself, but you pull at it, but you know what? The roots are still there, so it just keeps coming back and it keeps on coming back and taking over the field again. But I remember many years ago, there was a time of refreshing that came from the Lord. Took, us, took the church by surprise in many ways. The Holy Spirit just started to move in the nations. And I believe he's, he's moving like that now. In the middle of all of this rubbish and horrible stuff, at the same time, there's a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out. We've only just seen the beginning of it, but it's happening. There's going to be incredible revival that comes to all the nations of the earth in these days and we're getting to live in those days that's why we have to pray it won't happen without our prayer that's why I encourage you to come and be on the Greater Manchester Prayer Gathering this Thursday evening and join with us and say God pour out your spirit upon us because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood the Lord will raise up a standard against him now in those meetings I remember, people used to just sometimes would lie on the floor and in those meetings I wasn't very comfortable with the idea at first I kind of wondered oh if people are being pushed over and maybe some people were being pushed over but then something happened to me where somebody prayed for me and they didn't have to push me God just knocked me down I ended up lying there on the floor but I can still remember what he said to me 25 years later during that time it was a pivotal incredible moment in my life and then there were other times when he didn't I didn't need anybody to get me to fall over I just got used to lying down and actually you know what God does his best work when I'm lying down I can think well God does his best work when I'm busy here rushing there and doing this and doing that no he doesn't need me to do a great deal he needs me actually instead to know he's a great God and to lie there and they used to call these times the, the band would come and they'd just play and we'd call it soaking in the spirit and the spirit would come and it was so powerful you know what as I'm talking now I feel his presence right here and I believe his presence is with you right now where you are and I want to encourage you to do something maybe outside of your comfort zone but you know what if you're in your house it doesn't matter nobody's looking nobody's filming why didn't you go and lie down just, just lie down. You know, in Psalm 23 is one of our favourite psalms. It talks about he makes me lie down in green pastures. Do you know what? Why does he have to make me? Why won't I just lie down? Why won't I just lie down and receive the peace that the world cannot give? I mean it. Why don't you get up from where you are? And if you're able to physically, just, just lie down. People in here who are sitting here and praying, come on, guys, help me out. Have a lie down. Let's have a lie down in this place. Get somewhere comfortable and just breathe out all the stress. And Lord, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and meet us where we are, in the middle of this stressful world with all of its rush and all of its fear and all of its uncertainties and all of its, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? Lord, you said, and we believe, you said peace. I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you do not let your hearts be troubled nor let them be afraid see the world can give you what will feed your flesh but that makes the weeds grow and it chokes out everything that God wants to do chokes out the peace but only the spirit 
gives birth to spirit. Only the Lord can give you his peace. And he wants to bring it now. So Holy Spirit, wherever we are, why don't you stretch out your hands and just say, come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus, come Father, come to me. And he's coming. He's there. He's meeting you right now. You know, in those days, people would look and see people lying on the floor in meetings and say, oh, that's weird. Why are they doing that? But I just remember those times were amazing sometimes because they were encounter. God comes. And we found in those days, somebody said that, you know, when the ground gets really wet and it's soaked, you can pull up the weeds really easily. and the roots and everything come up because the ground has been soaked. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be dealing with these these anxious thoughts and worries about the future. We can trust you. You've brought us through so far. What are you going to bring us through tomorrow? We trust you for that. And in those moments with the Lord, the Lord can do something in a moment. The Holy Spirit can do it in minutes. What might take hours Years even, because he is our counsellor, the Bible says. So as the band are playing, they're going to sing and kind of sing over us. Maybe you want to turn the volume up a little bit and then lie back down again. Closing your eyes. You don't have to do anything. You're not going to miss anything that the Lord wants to do. Maybe something comes to mind and you think, oh, but God can't love me. Or what about this? And there's, you know, there's a, something of your memory comes in or something that you've thought or said or done that's wrong. The Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from every kind of wrong. So just believe that and then receive him. Soak. Be loved. Be loved. Receive peace. Take that peace. The Holy Spirit. He can't give you anything. He won't give you anything apart from himself. So say, Lord, I need you to come and do and give what you know I need most. Going to spend a few. We're going to spend a little while doing this, so don't rush up or get up and do anything else. Just, just lie there a while and ask him during this time. Invite him, Lord, come and uproot anything, visible or invisible, above the surface, below the surface, anything that's gone deep inside of me that keeps tripping me up and holding me back and messing up my life. Lord, your peace, your love, your joy. I need them all. receive keep on receiving breathe come on breathe the Holy Spirit in in and then breathe out the stress and the worries and the hurts and the pains breathe in the Holy Spirit Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.